This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. We have Oakland's championship coach, Kevin Creasy, on today. And I tell you what, Kev, I watched that game, and in my lifetime, I've never seen a better uh, high school team than what you've got. They were just really uh, unbelievable, uh, unstoppable. Uh, You have all the ingredients there on your team, plus having... Uh, you have good coaches, and you are uh, one of the best uh, full-time coaches that I have ever seen in, in football, and I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, we do have a real special bunch. I can kind of yeah. brag on them now that it's over with, but uh, we've got a bunch of really good players. I mean, it's it's not just like college football players. we got a bunch of high school guys uh, just real good high school guys, but they all fit together well. That's the thing about it. They all kind of fit together well. It's a good team, and and like I said, we got really good coaches. They make stuff easy on me. You know, it's, uh, I get a lot of the credit, you know, just like a quarterback gets a lot of credit probably when he don't deserve it and maybe a lot of blame when he don't deserve it. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I've got the best coaching staff around. I've got really good players. And like I said, it's not just like one or two superstars. It's just good players at every position. And uh, so it, it made for a real fun year. And uh, like I said, it's it's one of the better teams we've had. No weaknesses, Kev. I, 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 it's rare that you see a team in, in high school level that uh, is pretty much at the top level all across. Your linemen, your backs, your defensive players. Uh, they all came to play, and you've got a lot of speed. You've got the size. Um, I, I've never seen any team that was so uh, strong across the board, which is an amazing thing. Well, I, I tell you, you know, a lot of times people talk about how you kind of through some tough times kind of come through with some innovation yeah. maybe, uh, and that was one thing that, you know, we we were struggling with what everybody else was struggling with. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't even know if we were going to have a season. They didn't really let us practice in the summer like we were used to. We didn't get to have spring ball. We didn't get to have seven-on-sevens. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to do scrimmages or a jamboree. So they just kind of threw us in there and said, y'all playing, and hopefully y'all play for a few weeks at least. And so what we did as a, as a staff is we kind of got together, and, and for the first time, we pretty much made everybody play one side of the ball. Yeah. And uh, now Victor Stevenson and Isaiah Horton are the two exceptions. They're just phenomenal athletes. 
and we made them play both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody else just played a position, one position, and got really good at it because we were so far behind. And um, so we we definitely – uh, put guys in, in good spots, and, and they got real good at it because that's all they did for three hours a day every day. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things that we just never have done here. And uh, it ended up paying off for us, you know, in the long run. Do you, uh, on the sidelines, do you call every play or do you give your uh, quarterback that option of changing the plays when when he looks at what the defense is looking at? Yeah, you know, we have a really, really sharp quarterback, and uh, a lot of times we'll give him a, a, an either-or. You know, he can yeah. either run this one or run that one. So we give him some choices sometimes, and, and uh, he makes the right calls. But uh, a lot of times he just kind of goes with what we've we've called. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Horton. I mean, uh, I have seen him uh, really excel both on defense and offense. That's right. He, he he looked like one of these players that uh, might go uh, and probably will go to the next level. But I have the hardest time watching. UT, as you, as you know, is my favorite team yeah. and has been since I was four years old. Right. But uh, I, I watch them and I get so aggravated at the defensive backs and sometimes the linebackers too, because they don't seem to know who they're supposed to be covering when when certain plays come up, and they're just totally lost. Right. But but I did not see that with your team at all. Well, I tell you, you know, uh, we we do have two really special athletes in Victor Stevenson and Isaiah Horton. They're mm-hmm. they're the only ones that that really go both ways and play both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, so. For them to, to go on both sides of the ball and to understand all the offensive plays that we run and then go over there and, and all the different things we do defensively and all the different coverages, I think uh, that speaks volumes about how sharp they are. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, looking at Isaiah, he, he's got a future in uh, a Power 5, you know, conference. He's going to play Power 5 football, and he's – I don't know what side of the ball. He's a 6'3 cornerback, you yeah. know. So you see them playing on Sunday. So he might have a chance to do that as well. Uh, but but like I said, we were real fortunate to to, to get those guys coached up. And, and he he benefited from, you know, playing both sides of the ball because he, yeah. he had 800 yards receiving. He had 10 touchdowns on offense. But then in the championship game, you know, uh, we got Victor – who who got hurt against Riverdale? Yeah, and so they're they've made up their mind they're going to throw it on us, and and Isaiah comes up with two interceptions, so that was that was big for us. So he's he's got a bright future one side of the ball. I don't know which one, but he he can play both sides. Do you think Pruitt will be visiting you pretty soon? If they uh, if they let them, you know, right now it's closed off, so they can't. Oh really? Yeah, they the NCAA has made it where they can't they can't come visit us. But I know that they are definitely big fans of Isaiah Horton and Jordan James for sure. Yeah. You mentioned James. Uh, you had two running backs that got 200 yards rushing. I have never seen that before. You know, uh, Jordan James had 201 yards yeah. by halftime. Yeah. By halftime. So, um, you know, uh, 
Patterson, Antonio Patterson, you know, the Patterson mm-hmm. name. There's been Patterson's playing for Oakland for forever, for 40 years, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, I think he had, you know, around 196 or something. I don't know. It's uh, uh, it's one of those deals where we didn't really keep up with that stuff. Somebody yeah. grabbed me about third quarter and said, I know you don't care about this, but one more touchdown and Jordan James is uh, broke a state record. You know? yeah. And I was like, you're right. I don't care about that. He don't either. All we care about is winning. And uh, we could have left Jordan in for the whole fourth quarter. And we didn't even play him in the fourth quarter, I don't think. But we could have left him in, and he could have broke every record there's ever been there. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he kind of got banged up on a play in mm-hmm. which uh, he had his first fumble of the year. This guy has played in all these ball games, and he had a fumble. And I thought he, he was hurt he, worse than what he you was. You watch the replay, and he's down. Yeah. So this kid basically made it through every game, had all those carries, all these hits. And, uh, you know, he basically did the splits out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I can't do the splits. So he probably can't do them either. And the last thing you're thinking about is holding on to a football. But his knee was down. Uh, but to, to his credit, you know, he, he came off field kind of hurt. And he's like, Hey, I'm hurting a little bit, but if you think we need to score some more, you put me right back in. I was like, I, I think we'll be all right. And that's when Patterson got all his carries. And yeah. and to tell you the truth, I don't know how many they had apiece, but uh, somebody did the math at the end of the game, and they both averaged 9.8 yards a carry. And that's exactly, yeah. exactly the same. And uh, so when you're averaging 10 yards a pop, Mm-hmm. You know, you're obviously got some good offensive linemen in front of you blocking too. Do you hold your breath when those two are running? Because uh, uh, injuries are, are are so prevalent right now because of the size of the players and right. and the speed and the things like that. When I watch James, he scares me to death because <laughs> when he makes those uh, turning uh, motions. He, he he's vulnerable to to a leg injury. He he is, and it, you know sometimes we tell him, you know sometimes you just got to go down, you yeah. know, and live to fight another day. Uh, he did a spin move up in the air against Maryville and got hit right on the on the thigh and, and uh, turned him a flip. Yeah, and landed on his head, and this was in the first quarter, and ended up with a thigh bruise. And you know how painful those are. Oh yeah. So he played the whole second half of Maryville with a thigh bruise, and all of the championship game with a thigh bruise. And uh, that just tells you what kind of team player he is. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah. He gets a lot of accolades and pats on the back, and you know a bunch of people tell him how good he is. At the end of the day, he played hurt because he wanted his team to win. And yeah. uh, you know when you get you know, 11 people like that on both sides of the ball, you can you can win some championships. Now, how many uh, games are set for uh, the people that you're going to be playing are set for all of next year? Because my guess is nobody will want to play you. Yeah, we've got to find five non-region games, Uh-oh. and we have found two. Two. So we're looking for three more games, and – and right now we're we're really looking at uh, probably playing some teams out of Kentucky and uh, Alabama, and and we've had a team out of Florida contact us. So uh, we we don't really want to go that far. Uh, we'd like to play people that are around here, but uh, we've contacted a, a bunch of people, and and like I said, got a bunch of no's. So it's going to be interesting to see how we fill out the rest of our schedule. Like in the Florida and uh, Alabama. 
uh, area. They have some really good teams, uh, almost comparable with what you've got. Now, if you say if you travel to Florida, um, how 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 does how does the cost of that particular trip do do they pay you? Uh, for your uh, expenses, or how does that work? You know, usually we just sign a two-year contract, and we go down there one year, and they come up here the next. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those deals. We're trying to trying to play some uh, similar teams our size and, you know, public schools. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's going to be tough because uh, some of those schools in Georgia and Alabama, they're on a different schedule than us. So yeah. they, they could only do one year. So that doesn't – that doesn't really help us because we do a two-year deal. Uh, so it's – I don't know. It's one of those things I just put off on the back burner because mm-hmm. I've had, you know, a couple of my guys look in and contacting, and uh, I think we've reached out to 83 schools. And, Good enough. And we've gotten two yeses. <laughs> so so we, uh, we're working on that this week, actually. Do you get to see the film of those schools that are contacting you? Oh, yeah, you can pull up anything now so they can see us and we can see them and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, what they're losing, what they got coming back. So, uh, like I said, it's it's uh, it's a good problem to have. If you can't find a schedule, that means you've done really good the year before. Yeah. Now, do you get to uh, play against private schools? Or, or, or Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at and we're trying to work some things out with uh, – uh, Pope John Paul up in Hendersonville, they, they've got a heck of a team. And, uh, you know, maybe we can work some things out with uh, this school called Blessed Trinity out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are always really good and uh, have the top running back in Georgia coming back. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's constantly, you know, trying to find a public school because that's what we are. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, we've reached out to – uh, a couple powerhouses in, in uh, Louisville and uh, trying to figure out when we can play each other maybe uh, over, you know, at the stadium, uh, you know, where the uh, University of Louisville plays. You, you've really got some exciting things coming up, Kevin. Yeah, the future the future is uh, definitely bright for, for Oakland. You know, uh, you look at our middle school team, it's our feeder program. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone undefeated the last two years. They won the county championship this year, had a heck of a battle with Blackman Middle School and, yeah. and beat them in the fourth quarter. Came from behind and, and won that one. Our freshman team has gone undefeated for the last two years. Uh, did a heck of a job of not only going through the regular season, but they had a playoff system this year, and they had a barn burner with Riverdale in the regular season and ended up playing them in the championship game and and ended up just winning by about uh, 40 points in the championship game. So real proud of the freshman team. Our JV has gone undefeated the whole six years I've been here. Wow. So – no one at Oakland lost in 2020. You know, we talk about how terrible 2020 is, but in the grand scheme of things, football-wise, Oakland went undefeated in all of our football programs that we got established. And and so, yeah, we're we're going to have a, a pretty good team next year. Our our defense returns nine starters. Wow. Our offense returns five starters, but. You know, our defense this year was real young. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, you had Kobe Manning, who 
started for three years for us over there. He was a senior and uh, really one of the leaders of our, our football team. And then Victor Stevenson, you know, he was a leader and he started for two or three years for us. And uh, that's it. That's all we had as far as seniors on our defense. So our, our defense, uh, you know, went through some growing pains early because we didn't have spring ball, didn't have seven on seven, didn't have scrimmages. Uh, so they took some lumps early, but they got better every week. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, they're the best defense in the state. And they're doing it with nine underclassmen that are starting. That's amazing. Yep, it was. It was It was the least talked about thing on our football team. You know, everybody wants to talk about how many points we scored and how great our kicker is. You know, he's up for Mr. Football. Hopefully he'll win that today. That's, that's going on right now. And, uh, you know, we did have a good offense, and we did have really good special teams. But, uh, you know, the unsung hero of our team was – how good our young defense did all year. Yeah. You you probably have will get more attention than any other school when uh, the big boys start coming looking for players for them. And we're talking about the SEC and, and all those major conference players. Um, that has to make you pretty proud, Kev, because a lot of it is how they have grown under your tutelage and, and I know that uh, everybody that I know has, has that have been following Oakland since you've been there uh, they have nothing but glowing praise for how you handle that team and I know knowing you 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 you, you don't like to take a lot of credit and I know you pass on some credit to uh, uh to a lot of your uh, coaches that are um helping you and uh what is the real strength of of your uh, coaching uh, as far as the defense and, and the offense? Because when you have great players, it makes it easier, but they still have to play as a team. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, looking back, uh, we played Riverdale twice, and those guys – they got SEC guys all over their defense. You know, you look, you look at, uh, you know, they've got – a couple uh, guys that are playing defensive end for them that have ever SEC offer. They got a D lineman that won our region lineman of the year. He's our he's our defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. He's going to any school he wants to in the nation. Uh, you know, on the back end, they got some real good safeties and DBs. And uh, so we just look at how can we defeat people that got just as many d1 players as us yeah well they kind of cancel each other out if we got four and they got four then i think it comes down to who's got the fifth best player yeah what, what about your sixth best player what about the 11th best player well that's one thing we think we've always done is we've coached up our 11th best player and this year we were able to coach up our 20th best player because everybody went one way so we had 20 guys that were relied on every Friday night. And and like I said, I got to give credit to our uh, defensive coordinator, Stephen Jackson. He's our weight room guy. He's our D coordinator. It was his idea because he knew we were so far behind uh, that we had to just put some people in positions that they weren't used to playing. One of his best players was a, a kind of a hybrid defensive end that last year was my JV quarterback. Hmm. Now, he wasn't going to get any quarterbacking this year. I had two senior quarterbacks. Yeah. So he took a guy that was 170 pounds, 
you know, six foot, 170 pound, wiry guy that didn't even play defense as a freshman. I mean, he was over there taking snaps at quarterback and made him into a player. Uh, so he coached up our 18th, 19th, 20th best player on the team. Mm -hmm. and, and that makes all the difference. You know, I think our, our philosophy coming in six years ago was, you know, we're going to coach them up as hard as we can. We're going to get them bigger, faster, stronger in the weight room. Mm -hmm. And and to uh, Coach Jackson's credit, he's one of the only certified strength coaches in the whole county. You know, so the first thing we did is we tried to hire a guy that knew all about speed training and strength training. And just because you got great athletes don't mean they use it to, you know, their full ability and their potential. Yeah. And that's what he's done. He He's had a great workout program for these guys for years. And so that the time they leave our program, we feel like they've not only been coached up, not only been worked out, not only got bigger, faster, and stronger, but they're leaving here with some intangibles that they might not have got before they came to Oakland. And, yeah. and when they leave our program, they know how to work. And, um, you know, we have people that – go on to the military. We have people that go on to junior college. We got people that go on to division one programs. Mm -hmm. And when they come back, they tell us we put them through more than what they usually go through, uh, waking up at six in the morning, going to class at Oklahoma, you know, or going to class at LSU, mm -hmm. you know, there's never a time where they showed up to college or, or even workforce or, you know, junior college, and said, you know what, this is too hard for us. They're yeah. used to it, you know. So that's a credit to all my assistant coaches that they come to work every day and make a good example of what it is to show up to work and work hard every day, and they see grown-ups doing it, and so they're expected to do it, and they don't know any difference. You know, our, our middle school was coached by two guys that uh, they coached with me when I first got here, and now they are instilling a lot of the same things we do at the high school into their fresh, you know, their seventh grade and eighth grade program in which they got a bunch of guys that don't know any difference. They mm -hmm. just work their tail off and time they get to the freshman level, they're used to it. And then they get to us, they're, they're used to working. And that's a, that's a, what we've tried to do since we got here. So you're constantly working on them, even when they're in the younger uh, age groups and things like that. So you're, you're building uh, something it, it, it's almost like um, um, you don't remember when uh, Riverdale was just dominating. Uh, mm -hmm. That's many years ago when he first started. Oh, I remember. The schools. I you remember. do remember that? I do. Yes. <laughs> now I was uh, I was in college a lot of times, but yeah. I remember those dominant teams from the '90s. My yeah. goodness, and in the turn of the century, you know they. They had it rolling for, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah, and things do come around. Now Oakland is the dominant team. Well, I hope so, and I hope we can keep it that way. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. But the hardest game, I think, you can tell me which one it was the hardest. I still think it was the Riverdale game because I've never heard such hitting out there on that field. That <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, they were trying their best to – to knock your block off. <laughs> That's right. And and it was a heck of a game. You know, the first time I thought we handled them pretty good. And, yeah. And then in the playoffs, they brought it now. They really did. And, you know, I seen the uh, the referee at the end of the game. And, 
and I don't know who he was and because they're from all over the state in the playoffs, yeah. but he told me, he was like, I have never been a part of a game with hitting like that before. He's like, that was the most physical game I've ever been a part of. And, and I've only had a referee tell me that one other time, and that was my first year here when we played Smyrna in the playoffs. You yeah. know, stuff gets a little thicker in the playoffs. And we went to overtime with Smyrna my first year here, and, and the referee came up to me and was like, I've never been a part of a harder-hitting game or, or seen so many big hits in a ball game, you know, besides this Smyrna game. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that was that was pretty neat when, when you uh, are in such a physical battle. Now, don't get me wrong, the next week we were – you know, kind of hurting a little bit. And like I said, we lost Victor Stevenson for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we had a bunch of guys that had bumps and bruises. And that's what usually cost people from Murfreesboro or Rutherford County yeah. is that we bang up on each other all year. And then we sit there and we have a marvel waiting on us that's completely healthy, you know. Yeah. Uh, you've seen it over the years. The last time at Riverdale made a state championship run, they had a heck of a quarterback. I mean – he was unbelievable. Now, I was at Trousdale, but I had a couple of buddies still coaching at Riverdale, and mm-hmm. they end up getting him hurt, you know, week three and end up getting beat by Maryville the next week. And then you look at Stockstill's son who played at Siegel and uh, just a heck of a competitor, and they had a great team. And, and he ended up having to play with a tour ACL against Maryville and end up getting that's beat. That's all that. Uh, so, you know, that's just kind of been what's uh, been unlucky. And so when Victor got hurt, I got a little worried about that because he was our Wildcat quarterback and, and played defensive back for us. So it got me a little nervous, you know, going into that week four game with, with Maryville. But at the same time, our team loves Victor Stevenson. He's our captain of our team. And and so the last couple of weeks, they kind of played hard for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the results just kind of speak for themselves. Do you have the same position that takes care of your team? I remember Tommy Johns was the man. I mean, oh, he took yeah. care of the high school team, the college team here. Um, he he kept everything going uh, when it, it looked bleak for the player. I mean, he worked mm-hmm. hard with them. And yes, he Dr. was he was special. Doctor Johns was special. He, yeah, he holds a special place in a lot of Oakland people's hearts yeah. for sure. I still miss him. Yes, yes, we do too. And you know. He got put in our Hall of Fame. You know, we were, you know, before uh, he passed away, we had done made up our mind that he was such an integral part of our football program throughout the years. He deserved it. And then he passed away, and we were able to, uh, you know, recognize him with his family there. That was a real special night last year. Uh, But at the same time, we were able to put uh, his partner in this year. Uh, Uh I'm sure you probably uh, know that. You know, throughout the the, the day, there was uh, Dr. Johns, mm-hmm. and then there were some people that were under his wing. Right. And and, uh, and Dr. Jordan, I, I know you probably Michael know Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jordan lives right by right by uh, Oakland, and and he's been our team doctor for the last few years, and and he's helped Oakland over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we were talking to to Dr. Jordan just the other day about you know some treatment for some guys and he's like well i've got this technique that uh you know dr johns taught me 
you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. And uh, he's like, now, it's not exactly written in a medical journal anywhere, but yeah. we sure can get that kid fixed up. And, and uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, uh, like I said, Dr. Johns is living through Dr. Jordan. And Dr. Yeah. Jordan's still helping us out to this day. And, and like I said, we had some bad luck right there at the end of the season where we had some kids hurt. But at the same time, we feel like we have the best trainer uh, in the county. Mm -hmm. You know, Heath Forge, he worked for Arkansas. He worked for Auburn. Uh, Good night. Yeah, he, he has come, and, and he's come to Murfreesboro because his, his uh, fiancé at the time was working here uh, over at, at the hospital. Good for her, bringing yeah, him in. bringing him in. <laughs> and, and so they got married, and he's been with us for about four years. But she helps deliver deliver babies and and uh, uh, nurse over here. But she caught the virus, Ooh. and so uh, it got him quarantined. And I talked to him last night. Now he's got it, so he couldn't be with us the last uh, seven eight days and missed the game. So we were we were scrambling because we had all these kids that were hurt and needed rehabbed, and and so we're missing our trainer who is one of our most valuable assets and one of our most valuable faculty members, and uh, end up Brad Rowland, who is his boss, I guess you could say, and mm -hmm. Brad Rowland ended up helping us, uh, you know, throughout the week and uh, on the championship game. But, uh, you know, you put, you put together all these different elements, and then all of a sudden you think about your players that you might lose because of the coronavirus mm -hmm. and end up losing your trainer. And uh, so we were all – you know, nervous all year long because you just never know when the virus is going to kind of strike the team and you may lose uh, a, a player, you may lose a, a coach. We lost a coach for two weeks because uh, his wife worked in a nursing home and she got tested every single day and uh, she worked in, I think, out of town. Uh, but still, she ended up positive one day and we didn't know if it was a false positive or whatever, so she got tested again. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up you know, having to get quarantined, and, and he missed a, a couple weeks. And so we're scrambling, trying to find a – you know, we moved up our freshman receiver coach. And so uh, it was just a wild deal in which, you know, you just kind of have to adjust on the run. That's what 2020 is, is adapt and adjust, adapt yeah. and adjust. And, and, you know, luckily that's what school teachers do every day. You know, yeah. our, our school teachers do it every day, and our coaches – are some you know some of the hardest working school teachers and they're used to doing it and uh, do it in the classroom every day and then they have to bring it over to football so we had to do that all year long it's so complicated uh, as far as what the virus has done but w the way you've explained it all is the w you have your own little community that you're taking care of and if you think of all the things that are involved with running a football team uh, it, it, it's pretty much like being a governor of a state in, in some respects because you've got to have all the, the things that uh, are dynamics uh, as far as how you run a football team. And, and things can change overnight, not just with the virus, but with the injuries and, and attitudes and, and all of those things. And I did not see one drop in attitude the whole season that you had this time. Oh, I'm telling you, we were so lucky. And, and then you just look at, like, the team we had last year. You know, we had some uh, – 
different kind of attitudes last yeah. year and uh, had some people leave our program and uh, you know it was just one of those deals where you know if you have the right attitude you can do a lot of good things and uh, so we we were lucky this year with really good attitudes all right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Oakland state champion football coach Kevin Creasy from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. This is Taylor Halliburton inviting you to come visit our family at Bell Jewelers. We're getting ready for the holiday season, and I'd love to show you all of our beautiful diamonds, colored gemstones, and beautiful watch brands that we have here at the store. Bell Jewelers is pleased to be Murfreesboro's most trusted jewelry store, dating back for 140 years. Come visit our family at Bell Jewelers this holiday season, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots Restaurant. Is your saving for retirement strategy involving the phrase, I'll get around to it someday? If so, we need to talk. Hi, I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Lee Colvin, and when it comes to meeting your goals, time can be on your side, and there's no better time than now to get started towards your retirement goals. Give us a call, Lee Colvin, at 615-907-7056. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Bet River Sportsbook is ready to make this football season one to remember. All season score at Bet River Sportsbook with free bets, odds boosts, and more. Player props, thousands of game lines, and live in-game betting. Bet River Sportsbook delivers best-in-class sports betting experiences with outstanding customer service to back it up. Go to BetRivers.com. And if you reside in a non-regulated state, then BetRivers.net has action for you. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Advance is helping you get your engine ready for the road this holiday season with the right oil, the right filter, at the right price every day. Get five quarts of full synthetic Mobile One, Valvoline, Castrol Edge, or Pennzoil Platinum with the Mobile One oil filter for just $33.99. Plus, this holiday season, get a $25 NBA Store gift card and two times speed perks points instantly with the purchase of five quarts of Mobile One. Advance your auto at Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest locations. See store for details. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Demolition of the old five-story Pinnacle Financial Partners building at the corner of Cottage and Maple Streets is underway. Murfreesboro Transportation Department Deputy Director Ram Balachandran told News Radio WGNS that Cottage Street will be closed between Church and Maple so that the crane operations can take place. He noted that Maple Street was closed the previous week for work on that side of the building. A milestone occurred at the Nissan plant in Smyrna. The 14 millionth vehicle created at the Tennessee plant rolled off the assembly line. They make six different vehicles there, and the record breaker was a Nissan Rogue. The massive plant was completed in 1983, and a white Nissan pickup was the first vehicle to roll off the assembly line. Murfreesboro detectives need assistance identifying an individual accused of shoplifting caught on camera. Police say the suspect is believed to have taken three Roku devices from Walmart on Old Ford Parkway December 3rd. As the suspect left the store, he was confronted by Walmart loss prevention workers and who say he returned to two of the stolen Roku devices but fled the store while allegedly still concealing the third device. A security photo and more information on our website. 
WGNSRadio.com. The Commissioner of the Tennessee Department of Veterans Affairs has resigned. Governor Bill Lee's office says Courtney Rogers resigned the week of Thanksgiving. She's the third of Governor Lee's commissioners to resign in about a month. And who doesn't love Dolly Parton? Well, the country music icon will be honored at Billboard's annual Women in Music event this week. The Tennessee native will receive the 2020 Billboard Hitmakers Award, which celebrates the achievements of female artists. The ceremony will be held virtually Thursday, December 10th at 7 o'clock. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Bud's Tire Pros makes buying tires simpler, so you can get back to when being on the move was carefree. For a limited time, get up to a $120 reward card after submission when you bundle at least two new qualifying Michelin or BF Goodrich passenger or light truck tires, as well as select Michelin motorcycle, scooter, and bicycle tires. Or get a $120 reward card per purchase of four new Michelin Cross Climate 2 tires. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. Find out more at BudsTireProsTN.com. See store for complete details. Offers valid from November 18th, 2020 through December 9th, 2020. Void where prohibited. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back with Kevin Creasy, and uh, you're from Hohenwall. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, you were talking about you'd like to spend some time (laughs) with the folks there. That's right. And that's going to be a... uh, uh, a special event. It, it's nothing right. like Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. That's right. You know, I, I usually have been missing Thanksgiving here lately, you know, yeah. which is a, a kind of a good thing. means you're probably practicing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with the whole deal this year with the virus and everything, I tried to stay away from everybody. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to make it a little more special this year when I head uh, to Hornwald. I get to see a bunch of people I really hadn't got to see, you know, much of this year and uh, Mm -hmm. been trying to stay away. My parents are kind of older and uh, definitely meet some of the categories of uh, being at risk. Uh, So definitely don't want to bring anything into the house, you know, but uh, probably need to go see those guys and – hang out with them a little bit and you know they they watch uh they usually come to every game uh but uh they they had to stay home and watch it you know a lot of them on on the computer and uh luckily our last two games were on tv so they got to they got to have a a big screen tv watching the ball game and and that was pretty neat for them so they're big big oakland fans they are big that's because of their son I think it is. I think it is. They got the bumper stickers and the car, you know, the window stickers, and they drive through Hornwall with a big O on their car all the time. 
they're not like uh, the Manning family, are they, where um, everybody in Mississippi was so mad at the Mannings because <laughs> um, uh, Archie, of course, was the big star there for many, many years. And, and, and then the, the, the three boys... Um, they thought that they were they're going to have something special for a lot of times, and Peyton decided he's going to go to UT. <laughs> so they they took a, a few rocks uh, uh, during that particular time. But um, when you go back to Hohenwall, I'll bet you they want to talk about Oakland and and the success that you've had there. Yeah, they do, and uh, it's neat going back. You know, I've seen some coaches go back to their hometowns and end up getting fired, you know, so it's huh. not always good to go back home. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen that happen and been part of staffs where that happened. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's good to visit, that's, that's for sure. And like I said, uh, people there, they're proud, you know, proud of what we've done here. And yeah. uh, they tune in as well. They watch as well. So I get a lot of messages. You know, got a lot of text messages the other night from people I went to school with or people I played football with or some of my old coaches. So it, it's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to, to go back and visit. You know, I, I love being around my kids. And, and uh, uh, we, for, for whatever reason, um, I'm not telling anybody how to do anything, of course, um, but – I, 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 we can't just stay away from each other. We, we've got to be close. We, we'll jam into one or two rooms and enjoy each other's conversation and watching ball games and, and, and doing the thing that we've always done. And I, I was listening to uh, one of the uh, pro football coaches, and he was saying that none of the viruses uh, that they had uh, – uh, that they had gotten during the season were because of them playing together and practicing and, and all those other things. It's when they get away from the the football field and, and all the training that's going on. That's where they make their mistake. I can believe that. You know, we've been around each other for months and months and months. Yeah. And a lot of times it, it it's when we have a break. You know, uh, you see people uh, kind of get contact traced or, or get the virus uh, after the 4th of July. Yeah. You know, we saw that. And then you turn around and you got Labor Day. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around and you got fall break. And then you got Thanksgiving. It yeah. just seems like everything spikes when we've had a break away from each other. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's it's just one of those deals. Uh, you know, it's a virus. I mean, it's going to spread. And, uh, you know, luckily right now there's a lot of people that have already had it, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, fought it off. And then, uh, of course, now there's a, a vaccine coming out and, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's just. You know, it's one of those things you try to do your best to stay away from it as much as you can. Uh, we, you know, we do a good job of uh, cleaning up around our, our field house and we're spraying our turf right now. We're disinfecting our indoor turf right now. Wow. Uh, but we, we also, you know, are doing a good job of, you know, washing our hands and wearing masks and, and all that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a virus and that sucker spreads pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, it, it seems like it, but nobody seems to have uh, the true uh, um, danger of, of what's got. 
what's causing the virus. And, and, and it seems like uh, older people like me, uh, I've, I've had the virus, Mm-hmm. And it, and it really didn't bother me much, except I was going crazy. I cannot <laughs> stand to be cooped up or, or quarantined in, in a room or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that to me that's the biggest danger of about. It's changed our whole culture when you think about it. And, well, and people like you have who have overcome that particular problem and and been able. That's the that's you think about it, Kev. You overcame the virus and and playing some of the best football teams in the state of Tennessee, and when you overcome something like that and you're playing at a higher level than just about any other football team has, that that that's pretty special. Yeah, well, it, it made it even more special to know what all we went through. Now, yeah. Don't get me wrong; everybody were playing; they went through the same stuff, you know. Yeah. So, kind of made for an equal playing field, but. It it makes you appreciate it more when you know you know what all you know extra you had to do besides yeah. just coach football. Yeah. Is uh, Middle Tennessee the strongest area for football right now? I can remember at one time it had been West Tennessee, all the Memphis teams, and then East Tennessee. Of course, uh, Maryville has been very strong for a number of years, and. Um, you, they didn't seem to be as competitive this year than I have seen them in the past. You guys were pretty dominant in that game. You know, I think it kind of rotates. You know, there are certain years where West Tennessee really does a good job of, mm-hmm. of putting people in the championship games. And then, you know, East Tennessee just uh, about two or three years ago had four or five representatives in the in the Blue Cross Bowl. And, uh, this year, it does seem like it's Middle Tennessee. You know, there's a lot of Middle Tennessee teams that, that took home uh, the gold ball this year. So, uh, you know, it kind of rotates around. But, no, there's there's a lot of good ball being played in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And coaches really make a difference, don't they? I know you don't want to pat yourself on the back. But it makes a difference on the who the players want to play for. I yeah. think they lock in with that. Yeah, players players are, are the ones that usually, you know, are responsible for success, that's for sure, you know. Uh, but coaching does make a difference. But uh, definitely players are out there, you know, running around doing all the hard work. So, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't make a single tackle the other night, and I didn't throw a single pass or anything like that. So the players are the ones that, that deserve most of the credit, but I do think coaching does make a difference. I saw you smiling a lot on the sideline. <laughs> all the way through the game. And did you feel very confident going into that game? I know things change. Uh, things like injuries are, are all these things that can make a uh, a difference in, in, in how the game is going to go on. But you, you, look, um, you look like you were ready to go and ready to go over and take that trophy. Well, you know, you just hate to play somebody twice. And we played them twice. And then, like I said, the first time we played them, Victor Stevenson had two touchdowns against them and had a really good night. So, you know, obviously right from the beginning, they're throwing on Victor's back up. And I don't blame them. You know, I think that was a good game plan. And so, you know, it got a little hairy there at the beginning, you know. And so we knew it was going to be tougher the second time. But then our guys just started taking over in the second quarter, and 
uh, built us a lead, and uh, so it, it, it let us get a little more comfortable. But no, I never really get comfortable until uh, you know the clock runs out at the end. <laughs> Well, you seem pretty comfortable in the fourth quarter. You had your second team in, you might say. Yeah. A lot of, and of course, they worked hard all the way through the season. And you give them a pat on the back and thank them and send them on out there and let them be part of the championship team. Yeah, let them get some championship experience. You know, uh, uh, the uh, late late two touchdowns were, you know, unfortunate. They scored two late touchdowns. Uh, on some of our reserves, but our reserves will now have something to motivate them to kind of get back to the championship game and hopefully uh, not be scored on. So, you know, at the end of the day, they don't put the score on the championship ring. Yeah, uh, We're just glad to win, and, and some young guys got in, and uh, I thought that was pretty neat. During the, say, say you have freshmen now, what will be the, the difference once they become seniors, I, I know that there's a lot of things going on, uh, the the strength and the, the speed and all those other things, but actually learning uh, all the things that you're going to teach them on offense and defense, uh, that's ever much and maybe even more than what the, the, the physical element is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think um... – you know, I think that's part of what's got Maryville good every year is yeah. those younger guys get to see how important it is to the older guys. Mm -hmm. And um, we only had two guys that really contributed to our 2018 championship that played for us this year. You know, there was only a couple. Uh, Kobe Manning, mm -hmm. uh, I think he played a little bit. And then Graham Keating was a starter as a sophomore. And, and so – you know, those seniors, they wanted to be a big part of it this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the younger guys, the biggest takeaway they can get is how important it was to be a key contributor. You know, because our guys that, that were playing, you know, our seniors that were playing pretty much got a ring, but they didn't really contribute as far as the game. Now, they were on the scout team, and that's a big part of it. But they wanted to be key contributors to winning a to winning a uh, trophy and and winning a state championship. So I think the young guys see that, and then they want to be a key contributor in the future as well. Is is the one uh, group of of players on a football team that don't get the credit they deserve are linemen, mm -hmm. and they're then they're taking all of those heavy shots and in. Hardly anybody ever mentions their name. That's right. How do you keep them motivated in, in that particular uh, mindset? Yeah, you know, that's just kind of the way it is for an offensive lineman. They probably are about used to it. Uh, they don't They don't really get a lot of credit. You know, the only time they get their name called is when they have a penalty a lot of times or yeah. miss a block. And uh, that's just part of the role of being an offensive lineman. So they're kind of uh, – the, the heroes that don't get much credit. And uh, our offensive line's done a heck of a job, you know. Uh, we have uh, a tight end and an H-back that's being coached by Jason Dobbs, who used to coach with me at Trousdale, and he, he took a job at Oakland when he was the head coach 
over at Moore County. So he leaves wow. a head coaching spot and he comes and coaches our tight ends and our H backs and and you know, they did a heck of a job for us. They whooped tail in the state championship game. Yeah. I'm just telling you. And then our old line is coached by an Oakland graduate who was just recently the Blackman head coach, David Watson. Mm-hmm. So David Watson comes over and you know he's been the head coach and he's been a coordinator and he takes a lesser role as an offensive line coach. And he embraces it. He turns our offensive line into the best offensive line in the state. And I'm telling you, it's not because we got people signing with UT or Florida. It's because they work together as a cohesive unit. And he had those guys. It didn't matter what defense we saw. Mm -hmm. They knew how to block it. And, uh, you know, our running backs are getting three or four yards before they ever get touched. Yeah. Uh, So that makes life a whole lot easier on them. And then our quarterback, I think our quarterback took about five sacks in 15 games. Wow. So they never get back there and never get pressure on him. And and that allows him to do his thing, uh, whether he's going to scramble or whether he's going to throw it down the field. So when you only give up five sacks and you only have about one or two negative yardage plays the whole game, you only have one or two penalties the whole game, you're obviously doing something right at H-back and tight end and and offensive line. And, And like I said, I think our offensive line, I'll put them up against anybody just because they're so well coached. Yeah, bless their hearts. They'll get out there. And I, I, I see, I've, I've got a friend that's an umpire in the SEC, Russ Pulley. And he has told me many, many times that if you're a, a good official, you only call something when you know 100% that it's done and 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 you and you have seen many many times where where the poor lineman gets a call that's obviously not a hold mm-hmm. and, and uh, maybe something close to a chop block or something like like, like that but uh, they're they're right in the the view of say an umpire who who is back where the linebackers are mm-hmm. and he watches all everything going on in in the line do you get do you ever get totally beyond yourself when you when you're sitting there looking at the film and you say how in the world could he call something like that it it, it you have to be pretty partial to your, especially to your linemen, because they're out there just digging it, and, <laughs> and, and 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 when when they've caught on something like that, the camera almost always focuses on the number and, <laughs> and gets them right in the face. Right, no doubt. I think it's uh, important for referees to leave the game and no one notice them. Yeah, I think it's important. The further you get in the playoffs, the less flags you see on the ground. I think uh, when people leave a ball game and they want to talk about the referees, I think the referees have failed. Yeah. Um, You know, we had a playoff game where we had 16 penalties and the opposing team had 17. Wow. You know, so they took the flow right out of the game. Yeah. That's uh, a lot of penalties. The very next week, we played an even tougher opponent and had three penalties. And they had three penalties. And the the referee, the head official, told me before the game, Coach, we want a clean game. 
we want it where no one even notices us. We want them yeah. to notice y'all playing. And I think that's a seasoned veteran referee as opposed to a guy that maybe wanted seen a little bit more the week before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could probably throw a flag on every play if you wanted to, if you yeah. really got down to it. But I think the two things as a, an official that they really need to concentrate on are, is it a safety issue? Yeah. Let's keep everybody safe first. If it's a safety issue, throw the flag. And then secondly, did it have an effect on the play? You know, yeah. is it the reason the guy ran for 20 yards? Is that is that holding call? Mm-hmm. Or is that holding call 20 yards away from where the action is? Let's just have common you sense. You see that a lot, too. Yeah, let's just have common sense. And, and if it affects the play or if it affects safety, then throw the flag, you know. Uh, and I think people that are experienced and done this for a long time kind of understand that. And and so we had some really good officiating this year. I think uh, we were lucky because at a certain time they had a shortage of officials because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, so we were real lucky that, that really the best of the best ended up uh, showing up toward the end, end part of our, our season. Football is a rugged game. And it's been that way ever since it began. And, and they're trying to make it uh, where people do not have uh, lifetime injuries, and especially in, in um, head injuries or neck injuries. Uh, right. That seems to be the, the bad thing about it. But uh, do targeting, do you think the officials really understand targeting and what it was meant for, that particular call? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a tough call because yeah. it happens so fast, you know, and we don't really have replay in yeah. high school. Uh, unfortunately, we do have sideline replay on our sidelines, and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the deal. That's never good when your coaches are running up to you and showing you on an iPad how bad a referee missed a call. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? There's nothing I can do about it. You know, they can't look at this and change their mind. So that that's probably contributed to – more feelings getting hurt than anything. But, uh, you know, they don't have the benefit of replay and stuff happens so fast. And here's the deal. If you call targeting in high school, you don't want to eject a kid that maybe means so much to the whole team unless you just think it's intentional. If you think it's intentional and he's going out there leading with the top of his helmet trying to intentionally hurt somebody, yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do then. But if it's just a bang-bang uh, bang play, and it's just hard for an official. They got they got a hard job, and, and like I said, it's kind of like an offensive lineman. You, you don't really notice them until they start making a bunch of mistakes. Yeah, and, and most of the time, I don't believe it's intentional. When, when they're going up there to make a stop yeah. in, in uh, football, uh, they've got to hit them as hard as they can to get them down. These, these are pretty good-sized guys. Yeah. And it looks like that uh, – um, most of the time, they're trying to aim at the right uh, part of the body to make sure that they're not going to be uh, penalized, yeah. and, and they'll go ahead and call it anyway. It's just so hard. It's so hard to, you know, 
be going full speed and specifically hit what you're aimed at. Yeah. Especially when the other guy's going full speed. Yeah. Again, our coaches, you know, I, I got really good coaches that do a good job of working every day on tackling and trying to lead with the shoulder and trying to, you know, not target somebody. So it's it's just something that you got to work on, and and it's still tough. Yeah. Now, they do, uh, if, if they're uh, penalized for targeting, they 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 still throw them out of the game, don't they? Yeah, they can. They they can do that, and so we just want to make sure that that uh, we try to try to keep you know try to understand you know have our guys understand we want you to play you know yeah. we to you got to follow this rule or you may not be able to play. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Absolutely, and, absolutely. and I hope you have a merry Christmas and and a great New Year. And of course. I'm sure right after New Year, you'll be back working on it again. That's right. 2021, we're giving our guys off. The only thing they got to do right now is raise money for the rings. We're trying to okay. yeah. raise money for the rings right now, and uh, we're going to do that through donations or through selling our championship gear. You know, we want to we want to sell a lot of our fans' uh, gear. And, uh, you know, it, I think we're starting with crew neck sweatshirts and hoodies. And uh, I brought you an order for them. I expect you to buy you a hoodie if you want one, because I am going to I'm going to buy the one that has your natural colors, and uh, it's the navy crew neck. Yeah, and I'm going to buy that. And and, uh, how do they get a hold of of you guys? All you got to do is go to the, the front office of Oakland. We have Miss Hodge. You know Linda Hodge. Yeah. She's Terry's wife, and better half, and she's got all of them printed off. And all you got to do is just paper clip your check to the order form. And if you get it in by Friday, we promise to have it to you before Christmas. Oh, wow. So I'm going to talk to Terry in the morning. Yep. And, and hopefully they can get a number of them printed off, and we can – uh, distribute them uh, over here at Adams Place. We have a, no, a lot of Oakland fans right here at Adams Place and, and Sylvan Park and some of the other areas so people can walk around and proudly display their Oakland uh, uh, shirts. That's what we want. We want everybody to get an Oakland hoodie for Christmas. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.